I love playing football because it's all about being around the boys. I get to hang out with all my mates every week. To run down the race at North Port Oval with 23 of my close mates. It's fun to run out every week with the girls and I love the competitiveness. Penny's Pies are premiers. Polly with the 2019 VFLW Premiership winners. Bolter kicks for all he's worth. Long to the Hello everyone and welcome to our second edition of Kick Vix. That's right, the VFLW and the VFL podcast, the official one through the sanctum, the inner sanctum, where we cover all sports at all levels. Last week was a massive edition and then round one started and there was upsets aplenty across the first round of VFLW. Our team is back together. Joe Pignataro is my name. As I go around the screen, We'll head down to our man in Frankston, Ollie Walker-Peel, first of all. Ollie, uh, there was an interesting result on the weekend that made you and I both look pretty average in terms of our assessments of these teams. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I suppose so. Um, all right, Josh, you're right, everyone. Hope you're all well out there wherever you're listening. Um, it, it did, let's be honest. But, you know, I think I said in our, in our chat or on Twitter or something um, that one result can make a full team of of informed panellists look like fools. Um, and it certainly did. I, I mean, as as a Saints man, I was pretty happy with it. I mean, of course, when you're reporting, you've got to keep your bias out of it. But obviously, that was was good to see. Um, but no, what a win, what a result, like, what an upset. Um, but yeah, it did make us look fairly average. But um, let's see. Let, let's see what the next game is that's going to make us look awful. <laughs> well, we're talking, of course, about Collingwood, who are on their way to a... Uh, well, we thought they were going to break Darabin's record of 20 straight wins at 18-0, and and they fell at the first hurdle of the season, which just kind of leaves us all looking red-faced. Uh, Joshy Ward does some work with the Southern Saints, so he was out there on Sunday, and... And he was a bit more logical and realistic about the magpies. Hello, Joshy. G'day, Joey. G'day, g'day, Ollie. G'day, all. Uh, it's it was a miraculous performance from the Saints. From from what I saw out at Vicky Park, they they pulled they pulled off the impossible. They pulled off the impossible. D- d- defeated and dominated, in my opinion, Collingwood throughout the whole contest. Uh, we'll dive a little bit deeper into it later, but yeah, it was it were. Surprises are plenty this weekend and uh, <laughs> the past weekend. And uh, yeah, cannot wait to see some of the other surprises that happen this coming weekend. Absolutely. I'm not sure how deep we'll dive into Collingwood losing, but <laughs> we will maybe bring it up for maybe a minute or two. Uh, last week, Alex Catalano was with us. Of course, he's a captain of the Sanctum. He's a mad Essendon fan. Essendon went on and won by nearly 100 points and he's decided that he's already going to engrave the cup. So he's away this week. Busy engraving that premiership trophy. We have brought one man in off the bench who is debuting with us today, Jared Thomas. Oh, it's great to be here, honestly. I feel like, you know, Alex thinks he's too good for us now that he's, you know, one ninety-eight <laughs> point victory and he's still he just he's out he's outgrown us a little bit, but it's good. You're bringing in a Saints fan who's who's had a bit of struggles, but you know, it's good to see the Southern Saints at least get on the board and we'll see how we go this year anyway. All right, so you've just confirmed you're a Saints fan. So now that we know where you your allegiances lie in both the AFL and in the VFL and the VFLW for that matter. So that's nice to know. Now, before we start each week going through the wrap of the round and what's to come, uh, we have got our inaugural question that we're going to kickstart each podcast with. Last week, we 
we ended up with Collingwood going <laughs> 18 and 0, and that's where it finishes. So maybe the question is the curse, Ollie. Maybe the question is the curse. Today's is the Bombers finished on the weekend with a score of 15, 8, 98, and they kept the Bulldogs scoreless. The question today is, is that going to be the highest score we see from a side this season? Um, I'll say <laughs> no. I'll say no. I'll say highest margin of victory, but not, okay. highest, not highest score by a single team. All right. 98 points, the biggest margin, according to Ollie Peel, but not the highest score, Jared. What do you think? I, I'm going to agree with the highest margin, but I reckon that's also going to be the highest score we see this year. I reckon, I reckon 98 is going to, going to top it. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm the same as Jared. Yeah, it's definitely going to be the highest margin, highest score. Uh, it was an impressive performance, and it could happen against against the likes of struggles like Darabin and Williamstown, but I think that will be the highest score and the highest margin this year. You know what? Just the same as Ollie, I'm going to go no, so we've got a 50-50 split. I have a bit of optimism. You've got, you've got it. You've got to back. You've got to back um, these girls in. Someone's going to break the going to break the three figures. They have to. Come have well, some have some confidence, lads. Well, it's happened before. <laughs> it's happened before, so it may well happen again. I reckon it won't be a bigger margin than this. There won't be a bigger margin than this. There will be a bigger score, though. Uh, let's go through the round of uh, the first weekend of VFLW action. We mentioned it. Upset already in the first game of some sorts. Of course, they were thereabouts last year, the Southern Saints. So we shouldn't completely discount the fact that they get the points over Collingwood. Uh, so four five twenty nine to one three nine. Joshy, you were out there on Sunday uh, morning, so you can take us through how this game unfolded and some of the highlights that you saw from the sidelines of Victoria Park. It was a game dominated by, by the Southern Saints, in my opinion. They. It was a very quick start. Both teams scored, well, only the one behind inside the inside the first couple of minutes. Uh, but yeah, from there the the Saints uh, got a couple of chances through the middle through the middle of the quarter. Uh, that performance from them was a really good performance. They they transitioned the ball when Collingwood had their chances inside fifty, but they transitioned the ball from their defensive fifty really really well. Uh, Grace Buchan was led them from the front. She got the ten coaches' votes, I believe, twenty five touches, uh, five marks to eighteen of those twenty five disposals were kicks to. Um, they transitioned the ball really well. And then sometimes it would usually fail on a when it came to the half forward flank. But then their forwards, they bought the they bought the pressure. They a lot of well, their forwards and their midfielders, they brought the pressure. The leader of that was was AFLW listed player Jackie Vox. She had a she had a terrific game too through midfield, 22 disposals, eight tackles. Well, six of those tackles actually came in the in the first half. So she did really well. Uh, Winnie Lang, six tackles. Ebony Nixon, six tackles. And that Exton, five t- tackles up forward. And um, Gabriella Dan jealous too. She she was a bit of a spark up in the forward line and through midfield. Finished with twenty one disposals plus a goal to uh, well the second goal of the contest and four tackles. But yeah, it was Collingwood. They had their patches. They they did manage to at least kick one goal. Abby Maloney. She was um she was a presence. Mainly in that second half, um, she showed that she has a lot of potential. But I feel like this game, it, it shows Collingwood a week. And I feel like the losses of Jasmine Ferguson and Imogen Barnett, well, she's playing, she played AFLW that day out in the West. I feel like that loss showed that, that Collingwood, they're vulnerable without Imogen Barnett and Jasmine Ferguson in their lineup. 
That's comprehensive. That's very comprehensive of what happened. They were at a loss early and they chased for all of the afternoon, really. The Magpies and couldn't get the game on their terms at all. But the Southern Saints, as you said, Joshy, were very, very exciting. And you're going to see them again this week against Carlton. We'll get your tip on that game later on. Can we go to a couple of other games, Ollie and Jared? There were two comebacks over the weekend that were as exciting for those fans of those clubs as they could be. Uh, Darabin will start with, because last week, Ollie, we flagged that it was going to be a long season for them, but they had the opportunity against Williamstown to get the season off on the right foot. Quarter time, it didn't look that way. They were down by 32 points, and they've come from the clouds and steered the ship home. Steph Simpson is going to be our special guest a bit later on in the episode. She's the captain of Darabin to tell us all about it. But from a from a confidence perspective on Darabin, what did you make of this win? Oh, it is a win for the ages, isn't it? Like, I think I said last last week, I, I was pretty strong on Williamstown. Obviously, we both said that both these teams would have, you know, tough seasons. But I thought that Williamstown would get the job done, and it would be a long season for Derebin. But credit to them, obviously, five goals down. You know, it's such a tough one. Even early on in a game, the confidence would just drop, um, and it would have dropped initially. But it, you know, they didn't dwell on it. Didn't worry about it too much, and they just roared back. Uh, what a win for Darabin! Obviously, it probably still will be a tough season, um, and that's not to discredit Darabin at all. It's just where they're that where they're at. But what a win! Um, and you can't ask for more than that to start a season. A comeback win, obviously. Casey this week's going to be a tough game, um, but you know there's no better way to lead into it than than a great win, especially a good second half performance. Obviously, you talked about Steph Simpson before. She was instrumental alongside a number of others, so uh, we'll get her take on it later, as you say. But Darabin, it's it's brilliant for their fans, for the players, for everyone involved. Um, and that's all you can ask for, really, in the first round of the season. And Jared, it seems like they may have had the, one of the best performers of the weekend in Angelica Gogos. 24 disposals, seven clearances, 10 tackles and a goal. I mean, that's, that's a pretty good first up outing when you're playing for a new club in a come-from-behind win. That is, it's astonishing. And like, I think that's going to be something that's really going to help Darabin. As we know that it's probably going to be a bit of a tough year, but having players like Angie just come through and just play as they were, and she's just going to get better and better as the year goes by. Like round one, you know, still trying to shake off the rust, still just, you know, getting your fitness back. But I think come the end of the year, she's just going to really just take it into herself, just take the whole game through. And like, she was fantastic in that whole comeback. Tell us about Casey's comeback over Port Melbourne. It wasn't as big as 32 points there, Margin, but they hadn't kicked a goal in the first half from all reports and they were still trailing at three-quarter time and came home with a wet sail. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Even like coming into the that three-quarter time, you know, you're down 10 points. It's it's a struggle. You know, Williamstown, or Williamstown sorry, Port Melbourne have been kind of over you uh, and you're just really trying to fight your way back. But to kick three goals in that last quarter is just... Are like incredible for case today. They really worked hard in that second half to, to fix themselves up. They had 0-3 in the first quarter. So they had that in the first half. They had their chances. You know, they really could continue to work through. But they that's like, that second half was just fantastic. Uh, Maeve Chaplin kicked two. Alison Daly kicked two herself. Like, they were really working hard to bring themselves back into the game. They didn't give up. They didn't quit. They just made sure that they kept sticking their game plan. They learnt what they did. They kept the pressure up, kept their marks up, and they were just dominant, uh, like... Chris Petrovsky, as we said, she had 19 touches. Uh, she had 10 tackles, which is just <laughs> astonishing, as we know. Like, that is just pressure personified. There was a few players, I think, in that game, they laid about 14 or 15 tackles each. Yeah, Sophie, so Sophie Milan for, for Port Melbourne had 14 herself, which is 
just and 17 touches to go with it, which is like just ridiculous. I don't think I laid 14 tackles in my whole career, <laughs> Joshy. <laughs> it I, went for a very long time. I don't think I did either. <laughs> oh, that is a remarkable effort um, from from Sophie Milan. Courtney Bromwich, she got 14 tackles too. So yeah, it was pressure galore down at Casey Fields. But yeah. Port Melbourne, they put up a really good effort. Uh, we said they might. We said that they, they one of these two teams, they they might drop this year. Um, but yeah, it was it was Casey who who stamped their authority over Port Melbourne and and show that they definitely mean business this year. So uh, and yeah, they could continue against Darabin, but you never know. They they'll need to be on. I reckon they'll need to be on their A game against the Falcons. You talk about stamping their authority out of Hawthorne. Geelong and the Bombers, Joshy, in round one with their results. Which side have those three stamped their authority the most on the competition? This is against the, a weaker Western Bulldogs side. They didn't have any AFLW listed players, but I reckon that win against uh, that win that win at the Hangar was an absolute shellacking. They they were they were by far the most dominant team in, on the weekend. Hawthorne uh, and Geelong they were great performances. We won't go too deep into that uh, Geelong Carlton game, um, but yeah, and and Hawthorne they really kicked into gear mainly in the, in that second half or that third quarter. They they kicked six got six goals, one to thirty seven points to nothing well, with the wind as well, mind you. But yeah, I think. Essendon, that was a that was a, a super dominant win. The unfortunate part for them is that they have no percentage, so they're sitting. I think they're sitting. Oh, too bad, the, too bad. The the table, so, um, <laughs> well, they're sitting. They're sitting sixth. So, that, if if the Bulldogs had gotten that one point, well, they'd be on top high country mile. But um, yeah, it is a bit unfortunate for them. But yeah, it's uh, that was definitely a, an absolute. Absolutely satisfying and massive victory for the Bombers. Jared, Hawthorne, Geelong and Essendon, which one? I want to agree with, with the Essendon one just because oh, 98 points is insane. Alex may but... as well be here. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, and that's the thing. I'm usually completely against Essendon, but for some reason, I just can't look past that win. Like that 98 points is insane. And like, obviously, like you said, there's no percentage, but that is when you just mess up a kick in the back line, slight shuffle to the right, <laughs> just spill it over the line. 98 to one. Ah, oh, what a shame, you know, but no, that I can't go past that. that that's a great, All right, great so performance. We've got two for the Bombers, Ollie. Uh, give us your take on the weekend. Who was the most impressive? I do want to say Essendon. Oh, uh, I, I truly think Essendon, but just to be different, <laughs> just to be slightly different, I want to I want to have a look at Hawthorne because yep, we yep. Were, we were speaking about that game and we're saying oh you know it's going to be a close one upsets either way um, I can't remember which way I which way I sided with this one but I definitely didn't expect it to uh, be as one sided <laughs> as it was obviously Hawthorne we predicted mid table with likes of Tamara Luke coming in making a difference but you know if they have a few more performances like that we're going to have to revise that prediction because they were unreal um, at the weekend obviously North you know they're not a bad side themselves are we. You know, we didn't think that they'd be languishing at, you know, the bottom of the table. But again, I mean, one, one, you know, one game doesn't define a side, does it? It's not going to define North Melbourne season. Will it propel Hawthorns? I mean, time will tell. But um, I think that win for Hawthorne was was unreal. So just to be different, as much as I truly believe it was probably Essendon, <laughs> we'll, we'll give we'll give um, some uh, some airtime to some other teams who did really well this week. So uh, I'll go with the Hawks. 
All right, we'll go with the Hawks here. 48 to 11 was the inside 50 count of that game. And as Joshy mentioned, it was six goals after halftime. I'm going to mention the Cats. And not because, not, I don't, I want to be serious for a moment because last week we spoke about their, their coach who wanted them to be high scoring and to be fast paced and have all this stuff on the game. I think they epitomized their KPIs on the weekend, despite Carlton being the situation that Carlton is. It was their highest ever score against Carlton. It was their biggest ever margin against Carlton and the lowest score they've ever conceded, which is now 2-2-14 out at Deakin Uni. And we talked, Joshy, all seriousness about how well they play Deakin Uni and how sides will struggle to travel out there and actually be competitive against the Cats. This was a side that was in the grand final last year before the season was cancelled. I, I feel like they haven't lost that momentum that they finished last season on to get them to start this year. Definitely haven't. Uh, it's lovely talking about uh, my blue boy <laughs> girls. <laughs> Absolutely liking, but yeah, they are they are quite dominant out at um, out, out at Deakin University. Um, it was it was a sat, it was a great mm-hmm. win from them. Uh, Olivia Barber she put up a miraculous performance. Three goals, twelve hitouts, seventeen disposals too. So. She she led from the front led from the middle there. Um, but yeah, they they just dominated out there. Um, it is a, it is a it is a strong cat side. Uh, it's definitely the momentum from last season continues on to this season. And yeah, they're they're definitely up there. Um, but they'll need to prove themselves, especially on on the road. They've got their first couple of games as well. Out at most likely their first uh, six games out at Deakin University. So. I feel like if they win comfortably against other other opponents who they face, like the Southern Saints, the Bombers, um, Casey too, um, they will definitely announce themselves as as the team to beat this year. But yeah, they need, they um, need to take advantage of this. And if they prove themselves on the road late on this year, yeah, they're they're definitely going to be my um, premiership favourites. Good synopsis on the Cats, and I'm glad you didn't sulk it up too much about the Blues. Uh, They've got a massive game this weekend. It's against the Hawks, so two of the highest scoring teams from round one on Super Saturday. We will get your tips a bit later on. Right now, though, Steph Simpson is going to join us, the captain of Darabin, and we're going to delve into that comeback on the weekend. They trail by as much as 32 points at quarter time. our second edition of the Kick Picks podcast and over the weekend we spoke about a little bit earlier on a magnificent comeback by the Darabin Falcons they trailed by as much as five goals early on in the game and the captain of the Darabin Falcons was the one who kicked the match winner in the end her name is Stephanie Simpson and she joins us hello Steph hey how you going I'm going great um have you come down from cloud nine yet after (laughs) what was a pretty terrific result last Saturday yeah, almost. <laughs> yeah, no, it was such a great win, um, great comeback. And, yeah, I was just happy to be able to contribute in some way. Now, you're a, a veteran of sorts across women's football for a number of years now. Have you ever found yourself in the position where you have ended with the match-winning goal? It's probably the second time, actually. So, for me, um, it was kind of just going back to my routine. It's something that I, I practice goal-kicking a lot. So, it's something I'm pretty confident with. So, when it came around... 
I was kind of excited. There was a lot of noise going on, so I just kind of had to block it out and then, yeah, just follow through in my normal routine. And we say it is a match-winning goal, but there was still plenty of time left when you did hit the front. Uh, it's obviously a lot different at kicking one after the siren, but what happened from there? Did you have to pull your team together and just keep cool heads and keep doing the structures and everything you did to get back in the game and then take the lead? Yeah, that's it. We were lucky to have some um, experienced players across all lines. So we kind of just tried to keep calm, cool heads, um, lock it down as much as we could. Um, and when we get the ball, try to control it a little bit. And now um, at quarter time too, uh, Benny Higgins said in his article that Kate Tyndall, uh, she gave a bit of a, an, an almighty speech that really helped you girls. Were there any other factors um that le- that led you guys to to coming from behind coming from 30 points behind at quarter time i think we all kind of knew that we weren't really competing um they were beating us for the ball they were um more physical than us and we just hadn't brought it at all at, um, in the first quarter so we just needed to get out there um, be first to the ball do all the little simple things that you know um sound simple but we need, yeah, just needed to be a little bit more physical. Um, we were led by the front from Ange Gogos, who was just like crazy. Um, um, yeah, her competing, her physicality, her ability to win the ball and get it out. Um, she really led the way. So, yeah, we just needed to go out there and compete. And then once we knew exactly what to do, um, I think you could feel the confidence coming on as the game went on, really. Obviously, if you look at it at the moment, there have been obviously tough season last year how positive is it to start with a win and how much momentum does that give you going forward yeah it gives us a lot of confidence um we've worked really hard over the pre-season um and you know we've got a really good coaching group great staff and um a really young group coming through um so I think just to show what we can do when we do compete um it'll yeah it means a lot for us going into the next few games and obviously, Casey, the very next one, will be a very, very tough assignment. You know, what's the, what's the sort of, not what the hope is, but what's the sort of message leading into that? How much, you know, how much confidence does it give you going into a tough game like Casey? Obviously, away, not the easiest place to go, but how ready for you are at coming off the back of a great result? Yeah, look, uh, they've got a great list. And um, if they've got some AFLW players as well, that'll make it a little bit harder. But for us, we're just focusing on competing um, and developing each week. So... We'll go into the game. Hopefully we can um, improve our first quarter. That'll be the first starting thing. Um, we talked about it a lot this week. Um, so, yeah, focusing on that first bounce and just, um, yeah, improving um, and developing as much as we can. Um, obviously you spoke a little bit about uh, Angie's performance before, who was incredible, as you know. Uh, were there any other players that sort of had really worked really hard during pre that you thought were incredible in this first game for, for you guys to help come back? Yeah, Jenna Lawson Tavern in our back line, she was just, um, yeah, really solid. Always is. Um, picked up heaps of the ball, but um, in key moments, she really led the way. Um, I was really impressed with um, Sabine in our forward line. She took some really strong marks up there on the, um, on the wing. Um, and it was, yeah, it was really great to see some of our new players, um, Millie Schoen and Naomi, celebrate. Um, yeah, get on the scoreboard, but also some of their tackling pressure on the ground and was stronger as the game went on. So, yeah, it was great to see. And your own performance too, you had the two goals as well, 10, 10 disposals, two, three tackles, five marks. Uh, 
was that one was that one of your best before, um well was that the ideal way for you to start 2022 uh look i i just want to try and um lead the way as much as i can um towards the end of the game i felt like i was pretty much dead on my feet so i just tried to use as much voice as i could um and get the girls up and about um yeah and to be able to hit the scoreboard i just yeah, I really wanted to get a win for some of these players that have played for us for two to three years that may not have had a win before. So for me, it was just all for them and all for our supporters. Like my sisters come to every single game of mine um, and I think they probably nearly had a heart attack on the sidelines. So, um, yeah, for me, it was great just to see all their faces after the game. It was yeah, it makes it all worth it. Now, Steph, you've had some ups and downs with your career with Darabin. There was a period of real success. And as you said, a couple of leaner years. When the game starts as it does, does your mind start to wonder about this could potentially get quite ugly quite quickly if they continue scoring the way they did? How do you as a leader try and implement positivity around the group from on the field rather than waiting for quarter time and half time messaging from the coaches? Yeah, for, for me, I just try to stay as calm as possible and just go back to what can I do next to impact the next contest, the next quarter or anything really. Um, so for me, it's a lot of voice um, and also just trying to bring a little bit of physicality to the game on the weekend um, when we needed it. That was pretty much nothing too complicated, but um, yeah. It kind of works, I think. <laughs> yeah. And the experience of being captain of such a proud club, a strong club in the VFLW in Darabin. When you first took over a few years ago, I'm I'm sure it was probably a daunting experience knowing some of the players that have come before you in that role. But does it feel something that's pretty comfortable with you now? Yeah, it kind of is. Um, for me, I've just tried to stay true to myself. Um, I haven't really changed much to what I was like previously when we had some of our captains like Daisy and Elise O'Day, Kate Kindle, um, I, yeah, I yeah, always bring the same thing. I'm always really t- intense at training and always bring a lot of voice. So obviously it's um, I'm really proud about being captain of this great club, but yeah, I've tried to stay true to what I bring to the table. Darabin is a standalone club in the VFLW. And again, last week we spoke about how many of the sides are aligned now with AFL and AFLW clubs and access to certain parts of elite training facilities. Is that a struggle for a standalone club, do you notice it more as this competition continues to grow or do you just use it as a, as a motivational tool that let's knock off these teams that have this privilege that they've been given by training in elite facilities? Yeah, the changing landscape of women's footy is, has been a struggle for us. Um, but this year we've been really lucky to have um, La Trobe University as our um, home ground and um, access to their high-performance centre and their ground, which is a great ground. Um, but for us, it's a constant battle of feeling like we're just trying to prove that we belong here. Um, so hopefully, we've, well, I believe we've earned our spot in the league. Um, and hopefully our performance on the field can show people what we bring to the table. Um, but it's not all about performance. We've produced some great leaders on the field and off the field. So, yeah, hopefully... Yeah, on the field for us, we can, yeah, improve that for us. Well, you've got a massive challenge this week against Casey at Latrobe Uni at 10 o'clock on Saturday. You've also back at Latrobe in round three after the way the fixture has gone against the Hawks. 
do you have hopes and dreams on how this season looks or are you just looking at the next game? Because we actually don't know how it looks after the next two weeks. Yeah, exactly. Like after COVID, it's really hard to look forward too much. Um, for us, we're just taking it week to week, training session to training session. Obviously, like we've had people in and out of training throughout the whole preseason so far. So for us, yeah, we're just looking forward to Casey. And then obviously we've got Hawthorne next, but beyond that, it's, um, yeah, it's pretty hard to look too far forward. Now, as we let you go, our resident man here on this podcast, Joshy Ward, is a mad Carlton fan. And I'm told you are very, very similar. Uh, on another podcast earlier this week, he went on a rant for about 10 minutes about the old dark Navy blues and the struggles they're facing for both the AFLW and the men's side of things. Uh, what are your thoughts on Carlton as we let you go, just from a fan's perspective? Oh, look, I, I've barracked for Carlton my whole <laughs> life. Um, my favourite player was Cooter when I was growing up. My grade oh. three teacher called me Cooter. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I think we're on the right path in the men's. Um, it's been unfortunate that Sammy Walsh has gone down with an injury, but hopefully that yeah. means other people will step up. And um, I guess we've just got to you know, keep supporting them and then hope for the best. There's a bit more positive than your attitude towards Carlton and Joshy the other day. Yeah, it's been a struggle these last couple of years. But yeah, as Steph said, we're on we're on the we're we are on the up. But yeah, it's the AFLW it's it's struggling as we expected, but I'm not too not too impressed with the, the goal runs they're conceding. But yeah, only way is up and I have no have no doubt that well hopefully soon, maybe under under Vossi and Next couple of maybe next couple of weeks too for the blue girls. Um, yeah, we can start. We can show how good we can be. Well, you got a massive challenge this week against Casey, as we said, ten o'clock Saturday morning at Latrobe Uni. Good luck. Thank you for joining us. Congratulations on your first up win, and hopefully for Darabin fans and for your sake, the momentum rolls into round two. Thanks for joining us. No worries. Thank you. Great to chat to Steph Simpson, the captain of Darabin. They were down by as much as 32 points at quarter time and then some inspirational words and some on-field actions get the points. Their first win of the season, it was against Williamstown. They'll take that confidence into round two of the VFLW season, which the fixture has been announced. Boys, it is Super Saturday this week in the VFLW already. Round two, Super Saturday. All games are going to be played on Saturday afternoon. We've got three starting at 10 o'clock and uh, two starting at midday and one at 12.30. We'll get your tips as we go around the screen for round two. Ollie, we'll start with you. Carlton are hosting the Southern Saints at Icon Park, 10 o'clock Saturday morning. Saints back to back for me. And that's without any level of bias. Um, We're obviously trying to annoy Alex last week. um, (laughs) And so we'll annoy Josh this week. Um, I just think the Southern Saints will be too good. Again, no disrespect to Carlton. Again, they're not a a horrific side. But the Saints at the moment just look ominous. Um, So despite the fact it's away, and despite the fact, obviously, Carlton, historic club, I think the Saints will have their number fairly comfortably. Yeah, I'm going to have to agree. Southern Saints, uh, I'm not going to say easily, but I'll say relatively comfortably. Um, I just think, again, just to really annoy you, Josh, uh, I just don't know <laughs> if the Blues are really going to challenge them that much just based off their, their performance last week um, against a, an obviously insanely strong Collingwood team. And, you know, they won away from home last week. They could win away from home this week. And then I think they're playing away in round three as well. Uh, I believe it's against the Doggies. 
which they win all three of those. That's three and zero all the way games. They're going to come home from this season with an absolute wet sail, and are going to get a really really challenging. <laughs> well. Ollie and Jared, you'll be pleased to know that it doesn't matter who wins this game because Josh can't lose because he's a Carlton <laughs> fan by heart, but he's a scribe for the Southern Saints, so he cannot lose. Joshy, surely you can't tip against the team that pays the bills at the moment. <laughs> it's the chore derby. It's beautiful. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I, I can't get past the Southern Saints. Yeah, they're... I'm going to say they're going to win comfortably. Actually, Carlton oh. was not a good. It was not a good performance from them. I'm not. Yeah. I, I also have a soft spot for the Southern Saints. Uh, I've got a couple of family members as well who go for who go for the Saints too. So, um, yeah, I think they'll win comfortably. Um, they'll take a lot of confidence into this game and knowing that Carlton weren't the, didn't perform all the greatest against another grand finalist year. I think. I think they'll comfortably get the win. It'll be a lovely trip out to Icon Park from Box Hill at early on Saturday morning. But yeah, I think they they are definitely going to be a force this year, I reckon, the Sun Saints. And yeah, I think they'll win comfortably against Carlton. I like Tom Stafford, coach of Carlton. Of course, he's from the Amos where I do some of my work. But I reckon the Saints are going to be too strong in that game. Uh, Casey are hosting Darren. We've just spoken to Steph about her thoughts on this game and the challenge that confronts the Falcons. Ollie, can they go 2-0 and or is this going to be too big of a task? I think this might be a bridge too far. Um, I always want to back the underdog. So if, if Darwin were to go there and win, then that would obviously be a great result for the league, especially how good Casey were at the weekend too. I can't see it, to be honest. I really can't. Um, as good as Darwin were, obviously both sides had mental comebacks to be honest um, but Casey I think will be too strong and I think you know we said they'll be there and thereabouts this season whereas Darabin we don't expect them to be we expect them to be another re- this to be another rebuilding year so I think Casey will take this one again quite comfortably I think there's a couple of one-sided games already this week um, I think this might be one of them I'm going to go the underdog I'm oh. actually going to I'm going to go with Darabin in this one I think they're going to ride that. Obviously, both teams came off big uh, comeback wins in the last one. I think the Darabin's just going to ride it in better. And I think the players that we haven't seen from Darabin as much, the, the new players that are coming through, I think are just going to help carry them even more. Might catch Casey by surprise. They might have seen the performance, but I think they're not going to be ready for what Darabin can produce. And I think they might they might upset them. Darabin come from behind win last week. Momentum gathering, Joshy. Can they do it again? Yeah, I'm going to go with them as well. Oh, actually. Wow. Yeah, I'm going to go That's with tough. the underdogs. <laughs> my yeah, my heart and my gut is with them. Yeah, I think I think they will ride um, ride that momentum into this game. It's out it's out at Latrobe too, um, which is to their advantage. Uh, Casey will have to travel a fair a fair way for for a home game for them. Um, I think Darabin will continue that way if they can hold them if they can. Get off to the right start, which they didn't get. Um, yeah, I, I'll be. Com- I'll definitely be confident that they um they get the win. I'm going with Ollie and going for Casey. I think they might just be a little bit too strong for the Falcons on the weekend, but it may be closer than we originally had this one down for. Um, Battle of the West is on Saturday morning at the Witten Oval. The Western Bulldogs and Williamstown out that way. Ollie. 
both losing sides. One was heartbreak. One didn't score. Surely they, surely it won't happen again to the dogs. No, um, I'm going to take Williamstown in an upset. I think that again we said, you know, where are Williamstown going to get their wins? You're not going to get the dogs at a better time. I don't think. <laughs> um, coming off the back of a, you know, a scoreless result, I, I think they'll get on the board. The Bulldogs this week. I'll, I'll, I'll give them that. But I think Williamstown might edge it in a very close game. Yeah, I'm going to agree with that. I think Williamstown's going to run away with it as well. I think if they'd have caught them later in the year, uh, might have been a different story. But I think, like you said, you know, it's a good time for them to be up there. And for the first half last week, they were fantastic, Williamstown. So I think as long as they can just keep with that, and that's what's going to be a big focus for them all week through training, is going to be maintaining that pressure. I think they're going to be able to hold it off and, and beat the doggies. Williamstown so far, Joshy, is the only name coming up. Where are you going on this one? Yeah, I'm going to stick with the Williamstown train. Uh, I think that loss on the weekend, that'll make them even more determined to, to pick up the win against the Dogs. And like Ollie and Jared said, uh, not it, you couldn't have picked a better time to to face the Dogs. Uh, they'll, they might get some AFLW plays back, um, uh, the Dogs. But yeah, I think... They will get on the scoreboard. I have no doubt they will. Um, but yeah, I think I just think they'll pip them at the siren. It will be close, but yeah, I think Williamstown have their number. He's going for a close one, right? Williamstown all round on this panel. Geelong and the Hawks. That is at midday. Two of the highest scoring teams of round one. Ollie Hawthorne are on the road. Can they upset the Cats at home? Two of the best teams in um, in round one. And it's going to make for a pulsating game. I think if there's one to watch, I'd maybe be bookmarking this one um, as good as some of the other games are and as close as we predicted some of the other games to be, or especially the last one for me. I've got Geelong winning this one. Um, I know Hawthorne will be coming off a, off a high, but, you know, grand finalist last year, Geelong, even though the game never got to be played, um, they've got an incredible, incredible list. And I just think, when it matters in that game, I think that list and that depth might be the difference maker. Um, so I'll take Geelong at home. Geelong for Ollie, Geelong for me. Jared, which way are you going? Uh, this is, like you said, this is going to be just the best or best game of the round uh, pretty easily. And I'm, I'm really excited to see the contest and the, the competition between uh, Olivia Barber and, and Tegan Cunningham in the ruck. They both were fantastic uh, for both their respective sides on the weekend. And I'm also going to go with the Cats. Uh, down at Deakin Uni, like we said, how they're just pretty much unstoppable down there. I just think they're going to stick with that game plan, scoring high and the pressure on, and it's really going to carry them through and they're going to get over them, but not by much. It'll be very, very close. Another close encounter. Joshy, who's going to win this one? I'm going to go to the surprise. I'm going to go Hawthorne. Oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. <laughs> I know um, they're a terrific. They're a terrific side. The um, the cats, but I think Hawthorne's win against North Melbourne. They dominated that one quarter year, but it was it was a satisfying victory. And like with Darabin, I think they'll continue to wave that to ride that momentum wave. Um, Geelong, it, they will. It will definitely be a challenge. I won't be well. Won't be surprised if Geelong win, but. Um, definitely not. Um, but yeah, I think I reckon I reckon Hawthorne have got have got the cat's number here. He's going for another upset, Joshy. Jeez, you're playing early with your tips. You don't want to get on the board first and then <laughs> tweak around with these later on in the season. What about North Melbourne and Collingwood? If you say North Melbourne, 
That's the end of this podcast. <laughs> I'm not going to say North Melbourne. All no. right, Collingwood then. Collingwood. <laughs> Collingwood then. I'll go Collingwood. We'll get that out of the way. Ollie, which way? <laughs> I really, really want to say North Melbourne just to really <laughs> annoy you, Joey, but I, I can't do that. It's going to be Collingwood by a landslide. <laughs> Jared, complete the yeah. four for us, will you? Yeah, look, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not going to I'm not gonna go for North Melbourne. Like, I couldn't. I, I I was thinking about it. Like, I was looking at it, and it was it was actually, like, about to come out of my mouth just then, but I can't I can't put myself to do it. I have to go the pause. Well, you guys will be pleased to know I've gone for North in the AFLW in that game later on. On Sunday, that game is, I think, down in Tassie, but Collingwood aren't very good in Tassie, according to the stats. Essendon, Port Melbourne, rounds out round two. Uh I'm loath to tip the Bombers, but I think I'm going to have to after their score on the weekend. So I'll just lock that in. Ollie, is it going to be much of the same for the Dons? Uh, if I if I hadn't have put them in my grand final, I maybe would have gone with the upset for for Port Melbourne. But I've got to honour I've got to honour that prediction of putting them in the granny. So I'm going with the Bombers. All right. Going with the, <laughs> the Bombers at the hangar. You'll probably see Alex Catalano behind the goals collecting footies and kicking him back into the crowd, uh, into the field of play after they kick another goal after goal after goal. Jared, is this going to be more of the same? Uh, I think they'll win, but I don't think it'll be more of the same. I think Port Melbourne's definitely going to put up more of a fight than the Doggies did. Um, and I think it'll be a lot closer. But no, I don't, I don't see the Dons losing this one. Yeah, I'm going with the Dons too. But yeah, like David said, it's going to be closer. Port Melbourne, they put up a good fight against Casey. They, well, they dominated for three quarters, pretty much two and a half, maybe. But yeah, it was, um, they'll put up a fight. But yeah, at the hangar and Essendon coming off, that's a miraculous a thumping. Yeah, I think, um, I, I think Essendon have got, have got, the, have got the borough's number here. All right, they're all our tips for round two of the VFLW season. It all is all unfolding on Saturday. Starts at 10 o'clock, six games, one day, action-packed stuff. Uh, this has been a massive edition of Kicked Vix. All games are live streamed, so if you can't get to them, you can watch them all. Ollie, great to catch up. We will see you next week on Kick Vix. Jared, terrific debut. You might be back next week too. Alex might not get his spot back after what you've produced today. (laughs) And if Carlton lose, we might need to replace Joshy because he may well throw his microphone over the fence and storm out of Icon Park (laughs) after the longest day. Enjoy your weekend of footy. We'll be back next week to do it all again.